We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to RoadWire's Wednesday NBA DFS podcast. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me today is Ben Miller. Ben, I did get a chance finally, finally to see Logan in theaters last night. Um, and I think this is early, but I'm pretty confident saying that Logan will probably be one of my favorite movies of 2017. I'm a huge movie guy. Um, I, I like to see him in the theaters all the yeah. time. We'll go to family video every once in a while, which right. is right across from our apartment. Super convenient, probably probably to a fault. And we'll just go around to a few movies and watch them uh, on the weekends and stuff like that. When I'm not crushing DFS, obviously. Um, <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no, actually not at all. Um, yeah, just, I, I love movies. Yeah. And the kind of brought up a discussion before the podcast what was your favorite movie? Because you haven't seen Logan, and apparently you're not very familiar with any of the movies that are coming out either. No, yeah, I haven't. I haven't really gotten a a good look at the, like the upcoming playlist. I mean, the only one I've I've actually seen or not actually seen, but um, that I've heard good things about is the Get Out movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like super highly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and in a bunch of I don't other, always like, websites subscribe like to the Rotten Tomatoes thing. Like, yeah, I, I there are movies that I like that get highly rated and other and vice versa. There. That being said, I feel like I've just from other people who have seen right. the movie. Yeah, they also you have to see it. So I'm gonna get there for that one. Oh, I'm definitely seeing that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm excited. I mean, it's supposed to be like a comedy thriller horror kind of thing, right? And it's the creators of Key, Key and Peele too. You yeah, that, that's, well, I, love I love that show. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> that's such a sad thing when it went down. We're, we're going off. We're not. We're going off a tangent yeah, here. Sorry, we're sorry. talking about movies, and you were saying your favorite movie was Anchorman. Right? Anchorman. Oh yeah, Will Ferrell. I love him. And I, I don't want to judge you because I know there are millions of people in, the, in America that like Will Ferrell, but I am not a huge Will Ferrell fan at all. I just think that his style of comedy isn't isn't my style. Like what I, just I like, think, of like it. his persona, his look, and everything that he puts into it is like so perfect. And he doesn't like he doesn't fall out of character ever. And he's always that that perfect, funny, big dude. That's just 
I love I love it. He's so funny. Well, that's that's fair. I mean, I guess the two two Will Ferrell movies that I can stand, and I don't even I like them. I like I like Elf, and I like um, Blades of Glory. I yeah. like both of those movies, but I despise Talladega Nights. Oh, I love I Talladega Nights. I can't hang that so much. I can't handle it at all. And then I'm not really a fan of Anchorman. I just I push back on that. I think yeah. because. Yeah. That was such a popular thing right. uh, when we were a little bit younger, because you and I are right around the same age, where everyone just loved Anchorman, talked about Anchorman, and quoted Anchorman all the time. Yeah, as they should. Like that was no. that's one of the most quotable <laughs> no. movies of well, all yeah, time. It I is love true. it. And to be to be fair, they have a great supporting cast of actors too. Oh, yeah, just, absolutely. Just a bunch of really fun, funny <laughs> guys to be part. And I get that, but just his character on that, I can't. I can't handle it. I love it. It's so good. It's, it blows my <laughs> mind that someone could not like that. But you're uh, you're more of a are you? If I was to pick uh, a favorite movie, it would probably be Dodgeball. Okay. So that's why yeah. I, I love movies. Um, and if and I think Dodgeball probably is up there as my favorite, not just comedy, but favorite movie ever. That was that was the family movie. <laughs> that, that's unbelievable. <laughs> like of all movies, it's your family movie. You guys watch Dodgeball. <laughs> I I don't know what to tell you. Like. Uh, if there was a movie that probably shouldn't be shown to a 14 to 16 year old, uh, that was one that we watched all the time on repeat. Yeah. And Dodgeball definitely had the had the same level of comedy that we liked. Oh, Rat Race, kind of another same okay. movie that yeah. uh, we watched all the time. We love Dodgeball so much that I'm pretty sure we have four copies of the movie at our at my parents' house. And two of them are still unopened. Like it's just in, in, in just like anticipation, just in case it's like that. Yes, uh, the backup seat. DVDs. In anticipation that the DVR or DVD player just wrecks the DVD. Like you we, know, you know, you love that movie when you got multiple <laughs> right? backups. That's what backups. I think that's impressive. That <laughs> we had four copies of a movie and two still aren't opened yet. And yeah, we got. I just don't even know why we have two that are opened. That's probably a bigger question out of this whole thing. It's like someone was watching it downstairs. Someone was watching it upstairs. <laughs> yes. Like someone was mad at each yes. other at one point in time. Where they we just need to watch Dodgeball, but in different rooms. It's Thursday. I love this movie on Thursdays. No, I don't want to sit with you anymore. I, Dodgeball is the greatest. And that one to me is much more acceptable to quote than Anchorman. Like there's just so many great quotes that. Yeah, those are probably pretty comparable with. Yeah, quotes wise. Okay. I we really got off the track of the DFS train, but I had to just, when we were, when I went and thought and watched Logan, I was like, yeah, I, I love this movie. Uh, I love movies. They're just interesting kind of thing, but let's go ahead and get transitioning over to the actual <laughs> portion of this podcast, the NBA DFS. Uh, we have an eight game slate here for Wednesday. Um, and, Kind of shaping up to be an interesting one if you're putting together all types of lineups, but we'll kind of get to that in a little bit. Let's first break down last night's perfect lineup. I did get a chance to watch a few of these games, honestly. I was at the gym and, and kind of do some exercise, and some of them were on. So I got to see the Raptors come back and challenge the Bulls. I think they were down like 15 by the third quarter. Yeah, did you see those uh, the, the punches, punches thrown yes, in there? Yes, yeah, I saw was... Robin Lopez and Serge Ibaka get at it. Yeah. Didn't Robin Lopez say he could take Ibaka in a fight afterwards? Like it wasn't even uh, he a contest. might have. Like I wouldn't. I wouldn't die. I was listening to some Brooke Lopez quotes, and he was just ripping on his brother. It was. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I think um, that Robin Lopez probably would be one of those guys I just wouldn't want to mess with. No, no. But his hair really impacts that. I, I, I can't. That quite gives take him, like, him seriously though. You know, if he gets hit in the side of the head, that's just like extra cushions. Yeah, though, a mean. little fluff. Like whoop, whoop. yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, so got to watch that one. Really, a few of the players in that match played a part in the perfect lineup for Tuesday. So Ish Smith against the Nets, 4,300 was a point guard option. Rajon Rondo 
was another point guard option at, against the Raptors again. We were just talking about that. 5,400. Shooting guard DeMar DeRozan was against the Bulls as well. 8,600 for his price tag. And, man, did he go off yeah. against the Bulls. I think he had, like, 18 points in the third quarter or second half or something like that. It was it was nuts. Uh, on the other side of that perfect lineup, we had Clay Thompson, who guy that we quite like quite a bit when we're putting together these lineups as a mid-tier option at shooting guard. He was going at the Mavericks, and he had 7,000 price tag. Jimmy Butler was on the other side of that DeMar DeRozan matchup, basically. Uh, and he had a price tag of 8900 We had Brandon Ingram, who's been a favorite of ours. When looking for mid-tier options, he was going to the Clippers at 4500 LaMarcus Aldridge was against the Timberwolves at 7000 Tobias Harris, 5400 against the Nets. And rounding out the perfect lineup from Tuesday was DeMarcus Cousins going against the Grizzlies at 8800 So any takeaways from that? Yeah, first off, the uh, the overall points, 437, seemed like a ton. Massive. That seemed like so much. There's three guys over 64 FanDuel points. So Massive. that was DeRozan, Butler, and Cousins. Um, you know, the player that stuck out to me the most was probably Butler. He had 37 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal and a block. I mean, we all figured his usage would go up with Dwayne mm-hmm. Wade sitting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he's absolutely putting the offensive load on his own back here. So, you know, as long as he's shooting well, I, I think we're going to see at least a couple more of these games within like the last the last 12 games or so this season. I think we I got. think that we're going to see more of these games, not so much that Butler and Butler is going to be doing more and Wade's out, but just the Bulls need Butler to do right. that, to stay yeah. in playoff contention. I think that's what we're going to see. So yeah, Even in Rajon Rondo, too. like He's in that lineup, but yes. he's another guy that's you know benefiting benefiting a lot with Wade And out. I think his playing time isn't so much that he's trying to win, but he is trying to get his next contract. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know if he'll get a good one. I know that there was an office bet last year that Rondo would get a decent-sized contract, and that didn't end up paying off, I don't think. But um, in this case, I think Rondo is performing more for his next team than whatever it is for the Bulls. Yeah, but no, whatever the case agree. for them, it's working out, right? Oh, yeah. 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 I guess for me, the biggest takeaway is that DeMarcus Cousins finally did something. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, he's at the fact that he was under 10,000, much less 9,000, has been crazy. It's something I discussed with DVR on the morning press quite a bit when I come out on Wednesdays. He loves DeMarcus Cousins, always tantalized over his potential and his price. We haven't seen it translate since he no, went over to the Pelicans. No. This was the first night that he could be like, okay, DeMarcus Cousins had it. I mean, he had, I think, 60-plus FanDuel points for an 8,800 price tag. That's what you could expect. I mean, that's where it's, it is tantalizing. He had, you can, he had 72 FanDuel points. Man, I undersold 41 that. and 17. I undersold yet. that. I said 65, he said It's that's unbelievable. Insane. Like, you know what his floor is, right. I think. Well, I guess maybe not. What do you think is uh, more tough to read, DeMarcus Cousins' floor or his ceiling? I would say... I'd say his floor is probably a little harder to find. I think his ceiling is usually that's, yeah. Like that's interesting though. Upper sixties, low seventies. Like that's that's the max he's going to get. Yeah. But, I mean that's a ton. Like that's crazy. I guess I didn't know if that was the same ceiling. That's the ceiling for the Kings. Obviously, when he was on the Kings, yeah. Pelicans. Uh, I think you can do really it more consistently that. with the Kings. I mean, when you when you're playing against or next to Anthony Davis, it's kind of hard to you know match when when you're the yeah. only star player on the floor, but. I think every once in a while he's still going to be able to have these types of games. And, you know, you just got to pick him on the right night, which is obviously tough to do. Right. But, um, yeah, I think that's always going to depend on whether Anthony Davis is playing well versus, you know, if they're going to his hot hand or if they're trying to get uh, Cousins hotter. You know, I don't know. It's, it's going to be weird to see if, you know, especially with the whole season next season to see how well they can start playing together. I'm kind of excited to see that develop too, but that was 
definitely one takeaway I had from the perfect lineup last night. Let's go ahead and get into Wednesday's eight-game slate. We saw the Hornets and Magic tip things off at 7 o'clock Eastern time, followed by the Pacers-Celtics, 7.30 Eastern time. The Sixers-Thunder, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Pistons-Bulls, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Hawks-Wizards, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Cavs-Nuggets, 9 o'clock Eastern time. And the last two games of the eight-game slate, see the Bucks and Kings start at 10.30 Eastern time and Knicks-Jazz, 10.30 Eastern time. Before we get to the injuries, let's go ahead and get a word from our sponsors, FanDuel. Baseball is just around the corner. Don't get stranded on first base without a Rotowire subscription, and don't miss out on this great offer. Make your first deposit on FanDuel today, and you'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire to claim the prize. You must be a new FanDuel user in order to be eligible. Users may only establish one account on FanDuel. That's FanDuel.com. Slash Rotoware. Okay, let's get to the injuries for the Wednesday eight-game slate. The Hornets magic. We already know Miles Plumley will be out. Johnny O'Brien, thankfully, is not a game-time decision. And in fact, he will be <laughs> out. Um, the bigger news is Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. He was a guy I mentioned on Monday. He did all right before he ended up going out with a sprained ankle. He's probable to play Wednesday. Um, I'm obviously expecting him to. I think the Hornets are as well. But do you consider him at all in the lineup being a mid-tier small forward option? Normally, he's a guy I'd consider, but I, I, I really don't like guys coming off of injuries. Um, I, it could hurt his playing time. You never know with that type of situation. Yeah, so I'm probably, I agree with you. I'm probably avoiding it. I mean, if he was if he was low 4,000s all of a sudden, if he, if he dropped in price, I'd consider him for sure. Um, but I just don't – where he's at, I don't think I'm going to be able to, to feel comfortable using him in a, in a DFS contest. He's a great multi-category guy, and the fact that he can add in a little bit blocks and steals is always why he's a tantalizing option yeah, too yeah. at the mid-priced small forward spot. But I agree with you. I'm probably staying away from him this go-round, and that's more so because I think there's better small forward options out there as opposed to I'm worried about his injury. Right, but, yeah. Um, on the other side of that Hornets Magic matchup, Jeff Green will be out with the back injury. That means Aaron Gordon, Mario, Super Mario Super are going to get some more minutes. But I think that probably benefits more Aaron Gordon-wise yeah. for DFS. Yeah, I, I, I'm intrigued by uh, Gordon tonight, especially with no Jeff Green there. I think he's he's going to easily hit the 30-plus minutes. And, it, and he, he's a guy that's scored a lot recently, but his rebounds have been down. So that's kind of worrying me a little bit there. But um, I think with more minutes, it's definitely a guy you got to consider. More minutes has to mean that the Rotoware Optimizer is going to love Aaron Gordon. <laughs> right. A little bit of foreshadowing. I mean, they, they love him even when he's playing 10 minutes, exactly. minute, it feels like. So, yeah. yeah, I'm anticipating Aaron Gordon to be, in fact, in the perfect Rotoware optimizer lineup uh the pacers celtics really no injuries to note in that matchup but the sixers thunder we do know that julio okafer is a game time decision once more with that knee injury he's missed the last seven games and in those last seven games we have seen the rashawn holmes show particularly against on monday where he scored over 40 fanduel points he's a guy we both recommended 10 times his value ended up being at a 4500 salary not so much the case this time around. He's at 6,100. FanDuel finally caught wind that Rashawn Holmes is actually pretty good for DFS. Yeah, they, they got a big adjustment in there. So it, it kind of went from, oh, he's a must play to, mm, do I really want to play him? And I think if, if Okafor does play, that's going to bring a lot more questions there where I'm probably, Absolutely. probably going to shift away. But um, that, that should be interesting. I think that's one of the earlier games. So hopefully we can get something before tip there. Um, but yeah, if Okafor is in there, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to try and use him. I agree with you. Going over to the Pistons Bulls matchup, we know Dwayne Wade will be out for the rest of the season with that broken elbow. Robin Lopez will be a game time decision. 
He, uh, we're kind of waiting to see if he will get suspended, in fact, for that uh, fisticuffs match with Serge Ibaka. So we'll kind of keep tabs on that before the matchup ticks off. Uh, the Hawks and Wizards, we know Kent Bazemore will be out at least another week with a knee injury. Tim Hardaway will continue to get the start there. Paul Millsap will also be out with a knee injury. Ursan Eliasova, who has not gotten the price bump that we'd be expecting, will get the start again. And then Mike Dunleavy, obviously, not really a big DFS guy, but he will be a game-time decision. Moving over to the Cavs, Nuggets, Kyle uh, Kyle Korver will be a game-time decision with a foot injury. He's missed the last seven games, but he did go through a full practice on Tuesday, so there's a chance that he could play. Korver's one of those guys that, uh, as a shooting guard option, if you're looking for a cheaper guy, you know that he can get enough three-pointers to maybe get enough value for him, but probably not a guy I'm using if he's got any injury concerns at all. Yeah, I wouldn't touch him with an injury, but you're right. Like when He's he's so he's usually so cheap there that um, there's some upside, because every once in a while when you're playing next to LeBron Irving, you're going to get... 10, wide open 15 threes. shots yeah. from three and that are yeah wide open so he's, he's a fun guy to use you know when he's healthy but like you said i'm probably not touching that probably the same kind of line goes for darren williams who's a game time decision with a thumb injury he left sunday's game temporarily before returning so obviously doesn't seem to be serious he's not someone i really use for dfs unless we know for certain he's gonna get more playing time whether it be Kyrie Irving out or even if they wanted to slide him over the two that hasn't been the case yeah. he's more of an insurance policy than anything else for the Cavs playoff hopes but uh an injury to keep an eye on nevertheless if you plan on really rolling the dice with Darren Williams <laughs> uh moving over to the Nuggets side of that Wilson Chandler is expected to play after missing the last four games with the groin injury that means he could either get a start at small four power forward uh, if Gallinari ends up being out uh, even shooting guard potentially I, I think that there's a wide range of places that Wilson Chandler could end up playing I did mention that Gonari will be out with a knee injury, so we could even see Ahancho Gomez getting that start there too. There's a lot of different things the Nuggets can do with their lineup tonight, and it kind of depends on if they want to really take the Cavaliers seriously or or not. And I, I imagine they would be. They're playing at home. They're right. fighting for an eighth spot in the in the Western Conference. What kind of lineup do you think the Nuggets might throw out there? I have a feeling they're going to end up going with uh, Chandler at, at small forward, you know, dropping Hernan Gomez back to the bench, and then kind of keeping that plumley um, Jokic combination at the at the power forward and center spot. Um, so I, I have a feeling that's what they're going to go with. I mean, um, I, I feel like I don't think they want Hernan. I think they'd rather have um, Plumley in there than Hernan Gomez. I would agree. And like I think we talked about it before, but matching up with LeBron, uh, I think I don't I don't know if Hernan Gomez is going to be able to you know be a guy that can stick. I don't with know him. if anyone can, but if, yeah. if if we were to pick between Hernan Gomez and Chandler, I'm probably picking Chandler in this situation. That's that's kind of what I'm thinking, but I, I don't know either. I think that's going to be a very interesting thing to watch for DFS lineups tonight as to who the Nuggets will start at small forward and power forward. Right, right. Going over to the Bucks and Kings, we know the usual suspects for the Bucks. Jabari Parker will be out for the season. Michael Beasley's out for at least a, a good part of the season, I think. Malachi Richardson is a game-time decision, not really a DFS guy for the Kings, but uh, he did practice Friday, um, and he's missed over a month of action. So the Kings might try to work him back in there. Ben McLemore will play after missing the last two games with the birth of his child. Congratulations to him. Uh, Tyreek Evans is a game-time decision with an ankle injury. He's missed the last two games. Aaron Aflau missed the last game with the personal thing, too. They're all kind of uh, throw into a pot. If they all play, it's kind of like, ugh, which, which Kings right. guard do you want that, to start? That's, yeah. It's like you just stay away from that entirely, even when they're hurt, even when they're not hurt. Yeah, that's, that's just like a really ugly – if they're all playing, it's an ugly situation because <laughs> you've got like Buddy Heald, Garrett Temple, Tyreek Evans, Aflalo, Macklemore. Like there's so many guys on that wing guard – like shooting guard situation yeah. that's just – it's 
it's ugly and it's hard to gauge, you know, who's going to be the guy on any given night to pick up those minutes. Um, so, I mean, if, if a couple more of these guys get ruled out like a Flalo and Evans, um, then there's some potential with with a healed or um, that that type of play. But yeah, if they're all healthy, that's that's an ugly situation to look at. If if I was playing the Kings on NBA 2K, I would just put like seven of their players up for trade trade block and just <laughs> immediately trade them away for whatever yeah. the best thing. Like there just doesn't seem to be any semblance of a plan. I think after that Demarcus Cousins trade, we were hoping that okay, now there's a direction the Kings are going. But the players that got back in that are all ended up being guards, and they already had guards. Yeah, and they've traded for guards and they've signed guards in the past years. I I don't know what to make of their roster, and it's frustrating from a fantasy perspective. It's frustrating from an NBA perspective because I think the Kings, I really believe them to be one of a, a more of a premier organization, kind of like a under the radar premier organization. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as back when Vladi Divac and you know Chris Webber were doing their thing. It's just disappointing to see them where they're at now because I don't I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, and there's really just no shining light anywhere there. No. There's like nothing they're going up to. So it's And even when they oh, had a shining ugly. light. Yeah. Even when they had it with cousins, it was like a diminished product because he was either getting mad at the refs or, you know, punching sideline reporters or <laughs> yelling at his coach. It never right. it never was it never, I don't know. I I'm disappointed. That's all I'm going to say. I That's like fair. I like the Kings. Uh, I just am disappointed with where they're heading right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping the offseason clears it up, but it just doesn't doesn't feel. I great. think they're going to be. I think they're going to be struggling for at least a couple, maybe two, three more years before we see any sort of, you know, even a, a run for a, a low low playoff seed. <laughs> Rounding up the eight game slate for Wednesday, we have the Knicks and Jazz. Joe Kim Noah will be out with a knee injury. Shelvin Mack will be out with an ankle injury for the Jazz, and then Derek Favors will also miss his seventh straight game with a knee injury. So we kind of talked about a couple of the injuries here. Um, let's go ahead and move over to what I believe to be the half of the most depth at the position tonight, shooting guard. There are a variety of different options, both on the expensive end and on the cheaper end of the shooting guard options under $7,000. Give me your top three favorites. So I like number one, I like Tim Hardaway. Um, he's at 5,400 still, you know, he's, he's been a starter in the past has played pretty, pretty darn well. Um, you know, he didn't quite do what we were looking for on Monday, but you know, his price is still great. And I love the fact that he's starting with Bazemore out. So he's probably my number one guy there. Um, number two, I'm probably going Will Barton. Um, his price is definitely up there now, 6,500. That's getting a little expensive, but with Gallinari out again, he's probably going to get a, get a bunch of time off the bench, maybe even start, you know, that's, that's doubtful. Um, but yeah, still, he's going to get a lot more time with no Gallinari. So I think that could be a potential. I think he's had a, a couple 40 point games in oh, recent yeah. nights too. So, uh, Fanduel points that is, um, so that's nice. And then and then Gary Harris, another another nugget that I'm liking here, 6100. Um, with Gallinari again, he's out, so he's going to be another guy that benefits with both minutes and shots. Um, he's another guy, he's 30 or 30 or more Fanduel points in four of his last five games too. So um, they're all playing playing really really well there. You know, despite the Nuggets not really having that much success as a whole. I would agree with Will Barton being on that list. In fact, I have him one if I were to rank my shooting guard options under seven thousand dollars. I think that. The Nuggets need this win. I mean, frankly, they, they need to play. They need to win. They can't get blown off on their home court against the Cavs so late in the season here. So I think you're going to have to play your best players, and Will Barton is one of those guys for the yeah, Nuggets. Yeah. I don't know where he's playing position-wise. If he's playing against a small forward, kind of a small ball lineup, that's not going to work. But I don't think the Nuggets are, are dumb enough to do that. <laughs> I, no, no. I think they're probably going to put him more at a two-guard, even maybe against Kyrie Irving. We know that the Cavs, uh, at least the Cavs shooting guard point guards, are not great defensively. 
least yeah, they, they, one, yeah, yeah, one Shumpert's not playing. Top 10 in points probably given up to point yeah, guys, if I remember yeah. correctly. I mean, if I'm, guards yeah, in, as a whole, I At least say. they have been earlier podcasts. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. they're right around that Mendoza line, if we want to call it that. So I like Will Barton there. As my number two guy, I'm actually going with Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He's at $4,700. I like his low price, especially given when I was talking about Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan. The Pistons need to win to stay in the Eastern playoff hunt, too. And to win, I think they need to have Contavious Caldwell-Pope out there. This isn't even like a matchup thing. I just think that he has to get more minutes, and he has to play better in order for them. And I think he knows that. And I'm kind of just going with a gut feeling that where we're looking at maybe a 15.5 rebound, 5 assist type of game from him. At 4,700, that's fantastic value. So I like that. I mean, nothing about nothing about the Bulls really scares me at the shooting no. guard spot. So why not roll the dice with the guy that you know has the high proficiency scoring? Yeah, he's a, he's a streaky shooter. When he gets on, he's on. And in the last few games, he's actually scored quite a bit. So I think it's probably a good play. Take him now when his price is still down a little bit. Yeah. He, he, like I said, he's a streaky guy. So when, he, when he's starting to fill it up, I do like you know he, jumping on that. He's hot the last two games. I know he's got over 25 Fandle points in each of the last two games. Yeah, yeah. He's getting around 26 to 28 minutes in the last couple of weeks now. Uh, I imagine that rises just a little bit more as the Pistons really make one last push. I like Contavious Call the Pulpit, 4,700. And then my last option, I guess I like Gary Harris, too. You talked about him in your kind of top three. I don't really want to get into it a little bit more. I will say, though, that um, Denzel Valentine, the other option on the other half of that, uh, Contavious Call of Pope, he could be a guy that, with weight out, probably takes a little bit more of those minutes. I know you're not a huge fan of Paul Zipser, so I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll ride more with Denzel Valentine. And then Buddy Heald, obviously, uh, we're huge favorites of him on the podcast here. Oh, yeah. Against the Bucks. so long as like the 13 Kings guards that we just mentioned before are out or not playing significant time, Buddy Heald is a pretty good option at 4,600. Um, all right, would you rather, Ben, play no players 10,000 price tag or above? Or would you have two of them in your lineup? We've kind of had this question before. We've varied whether it be three 10,000-plus guys or two 10,000-plus guys. In this case, I don't think it's really feasible at all to have three. So we'll go to two 10,000 guys. What's your strategy if I was to give you those two options? I'd probably go two guys over 10,000. I think there's a lot of good value in the mid to low 5,000s, you know, and even in some in, in the upper 4,000s where you kind of, yeah. you know, stack a couple of higher price guys and, and still have decent upside with those lower middle tier type of guys. And then, and then um, you know, with a couple of these higher, uh, higher price guys have great matchups too. You know, I, I like Giannis's matchup, um, LeBron's matchup. Yeah. Like, there's there's good matchups, and I think that's what draws me more to saying I want two guys over ten thousand. You know, if if there's some really really good players that didn't have the best matchups, I'd, I'd definitely drop under those that ten thousand mark. But I, I like the matchups, and like I said, there's there's some value there in the low five thousands worth, which is why I'm probably you know leaning that way. You didn't even mention the two guys I like the most of the ten thousand price guys: John Wall, point guard. Going against the Hawks, ten thousand, and then we have Nicole Jokic going against the Cavs at ten thousand three hundred. I like both of those guys. If I were to go the ten thousand route, that being said, I'm not. I, I don't like, I don't like using them there only because there's a lot of eight thousand to nine thousand price guys that are really great. Like we're not even going to talk about this guy, Rudy Gobert, who went off on Monday. Yeah, had a fantastic game. He had five blocks. I'm pretty certain, or at least more than that. He's at eighty eight hundred at center going against the Knicks. Knicks struggled defensively against the center spot, especially since Kristaps Porzingis went in there. I don't even find a way to get him in my lineup because I like a whole a bunch of different options. Like, I think that it's it might be best, at least in a double-up situation. Tournaments is a different matter. It might be best 
to try and get a whole bunch of those 8,000 to 9,000 price guys and then slot in 6,000 guys later on. I don't think a Russell Westbrook lineup is successful tonight. He's 1,300. I just I don't I'm yeah, sorry thirteen thousand that's, that's a bit much I don't think that that's going to work uh, especially when there are other point guard options Isaiah Thomas Kyrie Irving John Wall they're all there I I would rather go under ten thousand if I had to choose no, I mean that's fair I just I I just like the matchups up top and I think there's enough value below where you can stack it but I I do get the fact that you know some of these six thousand guys are probably better than than the upper four thousands low five thousand so you know rather than you know risking that you're, you're taking right. a little safer approach with with some eight thousand type guys um but i, I still feel like I, I like the i like the over on these ten thousand dudes well we'll get to your lineup and lineup as well as the rotoware optimizer lineup in just a second let's first get a word from pristine auctions you know i'm a huge fan of autograph memorabilia we've been talking about that endlessly now um and pristine auctions makes it so easy to add to my collection i've already got a david johnson autograph uh jersey sitting at my place i love it it looks great um I like going through and just looking at some of the prices. I've been eyeing up a Randall Cobb jersey now for the last two days. Haven't quite pulled the trigger yet, but he's one of my favorite players in the NFL, and I love the fact that I have the opportunity to get him. Other guys like J.J. Watt, I mean, huge Madison guy. We both are. Um, J.J. Watt's a stellar player. $240 is a bit much for a full-sized helmet, but it's J.J. Watt. Like the Um, best defensive player in the league. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, he's going to be a Hall of Famer, I think, already. Yeah. That's that's oh, a yeah. pretty fair assessment, right? I, I would think so, for sure. And it's on a Badger helmet, too, which is probably my favorite part of it all. So, yeah, J.J. Watt helmet there. I also like the Mike Vick full-size helmet, too. As a Madden player, my, there was no nobody better than Mike Vick. So, like, that's what I think of before anything else is how great Madden and Mike Vick <laughs> He together. was probably one of the most fun people to watch in the history of Yeah, absolutely. Know, for sure. I mean, that for $120 in a full-size helmet, I love that. about And Pristine Auctions makes it so easy. You can bid without, or you can make a bid and don't have to pay for it until you actually win the item itself. We know the items are guaranteed. They come with the, the CSAs and everything else. I love Pristine Auctions. Go check them out. P-R-I-S-T-I-N Auctions. Make sure you let them know RotoWire sent you. All right, let's get to the RotoWire Optimizer page for tonight's Wednesday eight-game slate. It sees Jeff Teague going at 6,700. Rajon Rondo against the Pistons at 5,400. Giannis, the Greek freak, going against the Kings at an even 10,000. Denzel Valentine, who I mentioned earlier, is a, a shooting guard to watch out for. Optimizer loves him. He's going against the Pistons, 4,600. LeBron James going against the Nuggets, 11,100 for his price tag. The RotoWire Optimizer page also likes Terrence Ross going against the Horns at 3,900. Rashawn Holmes was not priced well enough for the Optimizer page. He's going against the Thunder, and they love him at his 6,100 price tag. Aaron Gordon, no surprise there, going against the Hornets, 5,400 for the other power forward option. And finally, rounding out the RotoWire Optimizer lineup, the guy I like quite a bit at the center spot, Dwight Howard, going against the Wizards at 6800 what are your initial thoughts on this i kind of like it i I think it's i think it's a good good overall strategy and it's something that's similar to my lineup so that's probably why i like it um (laughs) but yeah i I like the fact that it's pairing Giannis and lebron you know two guys that have solid matchups yeah um i also think they're two cheapest options terrence ross and denzel valentine have some upside you know allows the optimizer to kind of fill out the rest of the lineup with with solid mid-tier guys Uh, i probably would have liked valentine a little bit more when he was you know in those in the closer to the minimum yeah, when Wade first fair. dropped out and everything like that. So now that he's up to 4,600, I'm probably not a, on a, not as high on him as I used to be. Uh, but I, I think it's still probably a, a potentially a decent play. Um, so overall, I, th- I think the, the strategy is great. And I think they pick some, some decent top tier and lower tier guys that fit pretty well. I can't really complain about the lineup. I like it yeah. too. 
Honestly, when you put next to mine, I'm like, oh man, maybe maybe the Rotoware <laughs> Optimizer is better. Yeah, yeah. But here's my biggest frustration with it: Can we please stop pretending that Terrence Ross is a DFS option? He sure. is. No, he he's is. not. Thirty nine hundred. He's cheap, and he's a guy. Like, come on, you you got to be kidding me. No, he's had three. Count them three. Yeah. Twenty plus Fanduel point games in the month of March. Three. He's people not, people he's go through doing, down stretches. No, it's not a down stretch. Like <laughs> you would have thought, with all the injuries the Raptors have been dealing with, yeah. that, that he would take more of a prominent role. He scores, and that's it. And even when he's not scoring, he's doing poorly. Like I just don't. I you you love him. You use him in a lot of your lineups. We've seen him in the optimizer before, so it's not just a knock on you. I'm just tired of seeing Terrence Ross there because he's not producing. Uh, and it's not a downstretch. I mean, we're seeing the sample size of 10, 12 games now yeah, where we know yeah. he's not producing. I don't like him at all as a as a, a cheaper option at all, and that's kind of why I would rather stick towards the mid-tier plays if we can. No, I, I do. I, I get your gripe there. He's been pretty pretty poor over the last two three weeks so i I get that i just i still think there's he's there's something that he he gets enough minutes and he's a shooter like he can get hot at any given time and i i still three like it's risky it's so risky and i would never (laughs) use him in a double up ever like he's he's solely a tournament guy where if i'm trying to get someone higher in my lineup i'm I'm completely willing to try terrence ross well then you're already losing your tournament no that's what i was like no three he's had three twenty it's not even like he's getting 30 40 he he hasn't had that but he in the month of march but he can he's gotten that we're on day 22 (laughs) of march i'm just i know he can but at what point are we like all right we're gonna put that aside until he actually shows us he can i think i think (laughs) that's what that's that's that's, that's gonna be till next season for me i'm I'm trying it out all right fine you do whatever you want but you can just keep wasting your money away like that's that's why i think i'm not (laughs) using terrence ross i'm tired of hearing him as a a good dfs option i'm not saying he's a good dfs option i'm saying he's he's well worth the risk i'm just i want you to stop putting him in your lineup how about that all right stop that's that's what we're gonna shoot for (laughs) i'm gonna shame you out of terrence Ross in your lineup. We're we're going to work our way to that process. With that being said, let's go ahead and get your lineup. Let's talk a little point guard before we inevitably get into your Terrence Ross love once more. I don't want to get too more angry about it. So let's hear about your point guard options you have for Wednesday's eight-game slate. Okay, so I'm going first off, uh, Jameer Nelson. He is priced at, looks like, 5,200 going up against the Cavaliers. We mentioned it before, the Cavaliers not being that great. You know, defending um, opposing guards. Yeah, Kyrie Irving, not very good at that. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, he had just 15, 18 Fanduel points on Monday, but then previous to that, he had 39, 25. So I mean, he's a little inconsistent, but he's a guy that can still put up some numbers. Um, you know, th- that game's the highest over under the night. There's going to be a bunch of scoring statistics yeah. available. Um, and, you know, when you combine that with the fact that the Cavs don't really, you know, defend the point that great, I- I'm-, I'm fine going that route. Um, then I'm also going Rajon Rondo at 5,400 against the Pistons. Um, I like that play. Yeah, he's had 240 or more Fandle point showings over the last four. Um, you know, downside obviously at 11 and 22 in the other two. Um, so, so like Nelson, there's there's some huge inconsistency there. But um, he's matched up with the Pistons teams that that on average gives up tenth the tenth most Fandle points. So like the Cavs, it's it's mm-hmm. a good matchup for him against the Pistons. Um, and I think this is another opportunity for him to kind of step up alongside Jimmy Butler, which is something we mentioned at the, at the start with the. Um, yesterday's optimal lineup that those are two of the guys yeah. that kind of have stepped up in in place of wade so uh, i think rondo absolutely you know kind of has seen his value increase and i think it's another good play tonight my lineup saw me put in three or four different point cards before <laughs> i finally came to the one that i just submitted and ben i i honestly don't know if this is still the best one so i started out with john wall at ten thousand. 000 okay. price tag. 
Couldn't find a way to fit him in with my other guys. Took him out. Put Kyrie Irving in at 9,000 against the Nuggets. I like both of those guys. Obviously, Wall and Kyrie have good matchups. So, okay, I had Irving in there. Couldn't fit him in with the guys I like. So now we move down just a bit further to Isaiah Thomas. Pacers, again, kind of sneakily stink at everything defensively. You don't really think about them because it's kind of a lower-paced game. But when they're playing against teams, they just not that great defensively. Isaiah Thomas has been in a bit of a dry spell, I think. Yeah, but he's still probably... Not got Terrence the- Ross drive spell, but <laughs> just like a, a normal dry spell for people. He's probably got one of like the safest floors, though, that I could think of. Yeah. Like, that 30 point... Like, there's no chance he's going below that. Right. That's what it seems F- 30 like. 30 fandom 30, points, yeah, right? 30, 35 fandom yeah. points. Yeah, and I agree with that. So what, if we're doing five times the value, if he's at 8,000, we'd be asking him for to get 35, and that's a really good value. Okay, so a little bit more than that. I understand. I, I like Isaiah Thomas... In the sense, I would not put him as my first point guard option at all. But he he's a guy as for a higher price. The Pacers really aren't that great defensively. I like him in that. And then my other guy is Malcolm Brogdon, who's going against the Kings at 5,000. I like Malcolm Brogdon quite a bit when I'm putting together these lineups. He never really disappoints. If I'm asking for 25 to 30 Fando points, Malcolm Brogdon gets that pretty easily, pretty consistently against most different matchups. Um, I know that they're playing Giannis at point guard, obviously, but Brogdon's getting enough minutes where he's he's doing enough. I will pose this question to you because they're pretty similar priced. Would you rather play Jameer Nelson or Malcolm Brogdon? Nelson was just $200 more. Yeah, I'd still probably go Nelson. I think he's probably got a little higher upside. Um, Brogdon might be... Recently, he's had probably a more consistent stretch of games, um, but I still like I still like Nelson better. I, I think that's the better matchup for tonight. That's fair. I mean, I suppose if you liked Brogdon enough, you would just put him in your lineup instead. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, okay, that makes sense. I don't think it's that simple. I think that you're right in the sense that probably Nelson has the higher ceiling, but I like the floor Brogdon equally, if not more, than what Nelson could potentially give you. No, oh, I mean that's fair for sure. All right, who do you have at the shooting guard spot for your lineup? So for shooting guard, I'm going Giannis. Um, he's priced at ten thousand, a cheap ten thousand against the that's, Kings. Yeah, it's just so low. Yeah, it's it's really low. I mean, the Kings aren't great. It, that's probably. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand what was such a low price tag for. Yeah, him. he hasn't gone off for one of those monster fifty or sixty Fanduel point showings. I think over the last two weeks or so. So that's probably it. And I I think he's due, right? I would think got, so too. You gotta love his price at ten thousand. Right. I mean, it's the lowest suspense since February first. Um, you know, he's matched up with the Kings, who obviously aren't a defensive juggernaut. You know, the, the Bucks have won nine of their last 11 games, and they have the potential to even get up to the fifth seed I was looking at. They're only That's like crazy. two games out. That's crazy. Um, so I, I, the rest of the way, I'm looking Giannis. To go, he's going to go really hard. So I'm, I'm, I'm liking this play a lot, and if his value stays right around 10,000, I'm probably going to be going after him quite a bit. Um, and then otherwise, we talked about him as, as my favorite um, shooting guard play under 7,000 in the day, but Tim Hardaway. He's at 5,400 going against the Wizards. Um, I'm going back to the well here. Like we said, on Monday, he kind of struggled for us. Yeah. But um, he's performed so well in the starting role previously this season that I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take that risk one more time. It's not even really a risk. I'm willing to just go back there and, and, and see if he's got, he's got me again. So yeah. I, I think he's going to get double-digit shots for sure. And I, I like that play a lot. I don't think it's a risk either. In fact, I have Hardaway in my yeah. lineup too. I don't have Giannis in there only because I decided to go with Will Barton. It's just it's not that Giannis's matchup is bad, and I love his price too. I get all that. I just think there's a lot of depth at that shooting guard spot, and there's not quite a lot of depth at other spots. So I'd rather pay up in different areas. I don't think again if you want to go Giannis as your ten thousand guy and John Wall as your ten thousand guy, yeah, good, go for it. No complaints whatsoever, and you can construct your lineup a different way. I just couldn't find many different values at the small forward, power forward, center spot, so I decided to pay up there. Definitely understand what you're saying with the shooting guard spot. In fact, like I think Hardaway probably 
is one of our most consistent cheap plays. And you talked about how he struggled Monday. I get that. I just think that that's, that's going to be a pretty easy play for 25, 30 Fanduel points. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you have at small forward? So I'm going uh, my other one to pair with Giannis. I'm going LeBron. Um, another one of the better matchups of the night. You, you have to like him going up against that, that injured Nuggets team. Like I said, with, with Jameer, that's one of the highest over-unders of the night. So it's going to be an up-tempo game. A lot of points scored. Uh, I, I don't see very many people in the Nuggets that are going to be able to keep up with LeBron. You know, I, I think we're looking at a big night from him. So uh, he said 50 or more Fanduel points in four of his last six. So I, obviously that can't hurt either. <laughs> yeah, no. Nope. Um, and then your favorite, Terrence Ross. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. He's in there, 3,900. Um solid monday with 24 points you know he's only 3800 um i still think I, he's got decent upside for his his for him like i, I know you don't like that but no um, i don't i don't like it at all but whatever you can think what you want he's so cheap I, I, i've got to go back um and the hornets obviously aren't probably on their defense either so um I, i'm looking for him to hit mid to upper 20s again i hate the terrence ross play we've talked about that <laughs> i think that's a mistake uh, that being said, it allows you to get both Giannis and LeBron in your lineup, and that is a win. I think LeBron, 11100 is pretty high for his price. I'm, I'm not – like that's, that's not like Giannis or John Wall where it's like, wow, geez, why do they have it there for a 10000 guy? That being said, LeBron's been on fire lately. It's tough to really argue against his production. And, again, the Nuggets aren't that great defensively. I'm a little worried maybe about the blow-up potential in that game. Sure, but yeah. Nuggets have played really well recently. They are in contention for yeah, they're an fighting for a playoff seed. So, so they need to play competitively. Right. There, there shouldn't be a blow up potential. So I agree. I think that's fine. And to get both Giannis and LeBron in your lineup is pretty good. It actually reminds me, like what you were saying about the optimizer lineup, where it targets pretty, uh, pretty good matchups for those ten thousand guys. At small forward, I have Jay Crowder going against the Pacers at six thousand. He's kind of a mid tier guy that I like to rely on quite a bit. If we're not using Chris Middleton, um, I think Jay Crowder is a good way to go. Pacers, again, not really great defensively against small forward. Actually, Paul George is one of the worst ones when it comes to FanDuel points for small forward spot. And then my other guy, like Gordon Hayward, I, this is probably my lineup creator play. Like if I was to start my lineup off, Gordon Hayward was the first guy I put in my lineup. I, I love that Knicks matchup. Knicks really, really struggle against small forward. Carmelo Anthony is a big part of that. Carmelo Anthony is probably not playing, but who do they really have as another small forward option? Like yeah. That's that's where I think that the, the Gordon Hayward's great, and he has been on fire lately. He had a fantastic matchup on Monday. He's had at least three or four games now with 35-plus Fanduel points. He's scoring a ton. He's getting a lot of rebounds. I think he's really attributing an assist to. I love Gordon Hayward, and he's one of those many of the mid-tier guys no, I'm sorry, many of the like uh, higher-priced mid-tier guys, if that makes sense, <laughs> Yeah, it does. Uh, that I think have a real shot to go off. I also like Paul George. Um, I didn't have him in my lineup, but Paul George is going to be great. I think he's at 8300 for his price tag. But uh, there's a handful of small forward guys that if you didn't want to pay it for LeBron, I'd have no problem like uh, suggesting one of those guys. Yeah, I like Hayward. I think he's he does have a great matchup. I don't love the, the price anymore. It was much nicer when he was in the upper seven thousands, um, so that that's that that worries me a little bit, but not not like a whole lot because he's still got a, a great matchup. Um, and then otherwise, uh, I, I'm fine with Jay Crowder. Um, he's a bit limited upside wise, but he's still a pretty consistent um, guy that, that's going to get you points and rebounds, and he does a little bit of other stuff as well. So I'm fine with that. And we didn't even talk about Jimmy Butler, who's yeah. eighty nine hundred going against the Pistons again. Who's we played phenomenal, yeah. And we need 
and we need them being the butler. We need Butler to be well for the the Bulls to have a shot at the right, playoffs. Right. He's taking on more of a role with Wade. Like there's just a lot of different options. It's kind of the reason why I'm staying away from LeBron, just because I know that there's a few small four guys that you can really like and use. Um, at power four, I'm just skipping right ahead to that. I have Ursan Ilyasova. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that we both like at 4,500, especially with Paul Millsap out. I am not worried about Monday's performance at all. No. I understand that 20 Fanduel points probably isn't what you're expecting, but for a guy that's 4,500, that's still not bad. And I think he has a chance to definitely do better than that, get closer to the 30 Fanduel point range against a Wizards team that is okay defensively against power forward. It's just a great money matchup. And then my other power forward is a guy I'm paying up for. I'm paying up for Jokic um, against the Cavs, 10,300. There really are not a lot of great power forward options if you don't want to use Holmes, Rashawn Holmes, that is, and Ilyasova. And I don't want to use Holmes. I'm staying away from him. I I don't think that at 6,100 he presents the same value. When we were talking on Monday after after the broadcast, like my double up had ninety five percent owns rate for Holmes. Yeah, I, I think I was in a couple big tournaments where it was like fifty four. Yeah, it just that's not going to happen now. Thankfully, thankfully he's priced accordingly. Yeah. At the same time, there will be a lot of people who who did well with him on Monday will use him again Wednesday, and he's going to let you down, especially if Okafor is playing. Yeah. Obviously, you want to steer clear of that. I'm not even like the Thunder are really good defensively against the center spot. Yeah. And Holmes is going to be playing there. Despite his power forward listing, I'm not using Holmes, and I'm going to go ahead and pay up instead. Yeah, I'm not. I'm fully, fully out on Holmes. I, I get paying up for Jokic. I obviously can't because I like two other matchups a little better with LeBron and Giannis. In um, Ursan, I'm, I'm. How can you not play Ursan right. tonight? Forty five hundred. That's such a great price for for a starter who's played extremely well in the past. Um, and then my other guy, you know, Gordon, Aaron Gordon is who I'm going with. Optimizer. Yeah, never my favorite player to use, but... It, no, this one's not bad at this all. This is kind of my once-in-a-month play for him. Like, every once yeah. in a while, I do I do jump on him. So, um, you know, like like we said at the start of the pod, the, the Magic aren't going to have Jeff Green, yep. so that's that's more minutes for him. He's going to easily see 30-plus, in, in my opinion. Well, and he's um, just been getting more minutes as the Magic have kind of fallen in, the, fallen in the race. They're just trying different things. And him at the power forward spot, finally starting him there makes sense. It's, it's a good move. I like him as a player. Absolutely. Yeah, he's scoring a lot recently too. Yeah. So I, I like that about him, and, and I, I would not doubt if he surpasses that thirty-point Fanduel mark. I wouldn't either. Finally, rounding up my lineup, it's a, it's a bit of a gamble if I'm going to be honest. Stephen Adams going against the 76ers at 4900 his price tag. It's no secret the 76ers struggle defending centers. That's yeah, the, yeah. But it's more that Adams has really disappeared this year. He was kind of a guy that many expected to be a breakout fantasy star, I believe, this year. And the triple-double watch Russell Westbrook show has re- largely taken away anybody's potential to succeed <laughs> fantasy-wise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Stephen Adams has really been the main deficitary of that, I guess. That's not really a word, but we'll go with it. Yeah, it's just um, yeah I, I anticipate... Holmes taking a lot of shots if he gets the start. I also anticipate Holmes missing a lot of shots when he gets the start. So that's more rebound opportunities, more block opportunities for that mustache man, Stephen Adams. I I think he's a worthy gamble as a 4,900 guy, despite the fact that there are multiple high price centers that are great options. Dwight Howard being one that immediately jumps off my head. Yeah, if I'm paying down, I think Steven Adams was probably the first guy I looked at. I, I definitely considered using him in my lineup. You know, if I wasn't paying up, that was probably the guy I was going to um, going to you know drop down to. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm actually paying up, going Rudy Gobert. I love that play. I I love that play. Uh, yeah, you were all over a Monday and you hit him spot yeah. on. He ended up going for like fifty some Fanduel points around there. So that was that was a huge um, a huge day for him. So I'm kind of hoping for the same luck tonight. Well, there. my only concern is that 
rarely does he seem to repeat those type of performances. He's gotten so much better throughout his, his years in the NBA, but then you're not seeing those same type of things game in and game out. Now he takes a step down, gets 35, 40 Fanduel points. That makes a bigger difference when his price tag is almost close to nine thousand. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I just, I, I, there's, it's too, too nice of a matchup. Yeah, I'm like, he, I can't not use him because he, he's going to put Porzingis to work if that's who they're starting. I mean, even Hernan Gomez, I think he's yeah. going to have a field day with him. So I like that. But I mean, you're right. He, like he's one of his most expensive prices of the season, which is a bit dangerous. Normally, we, you like to stay away from. Yeah, him I try to avoid that, but I just think this matchup's too juicy to kind of avoid for me. I, I, I agree. The matchup is great. And I, Gobert is great. My thing is, if you're going to pay up for center, there's actually a few of the guys that I like more. Like I, I keep mentioning Dwight Howard at 6,800. That's a great deal. I, you know, Dwight Howard's been pretty darn consistent playing his role with the Hawks, and they're still in contention of things. Nicole Vujicic, I mean, going against the the Hornets, our boy Frank Kaminsky and Zeller, they're not that you know well renowned as defensive guys. Vujicic has been scoring a lot of points recently and getting double doubles like it's you know super easy for him. And I also like Andre Drummond. At seven thousand eight hundred, all three of those guys I listed are at least a thousand dollars less than Gobert. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's completely fair. I, I think there are some some really really solid um, upper tier centers for tonight's slate. I mean, no one's no no one's over ten thousand. Like, there's no right. crazy price guys, but um, I, st- I can't I can't go away from Gobert. It's just he's got me locked in. It's it's such a good matchup. Well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. I'm kind of excited. I, I am a Gobert fan. I really hope that that does work out for him. I'm just interested to see how the 8,800 8, salary yeah. really plays into it. Yeah. Well, that does it for us. We'll get back to you again next Monday to talk more NBA DFS hoops. We're rounding down the end of the season here. We might get back on for some playoff games, but this is we're getting close to the end. A couple weeks. It's, we'll have to talk about more. might be tearing up over here a little bit. No, you're not. Yeah, you're right. No, no you're not. <laughs> All right, Ben, where can the people follow you out on Twitter? You can get me at BenManDoing work still the best twitter handle at rotoware and you can follow me at jb fantasy sports that does it for us we'll be back again monday see you then